Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to Knife Talk. And I don't even know what episode number this is now. We're in about 160, something like that now. Yeah, around about that. Every Monday morning, we're here to bring you news advice <laughs> if i if i could be so bold advice um and just to entertain you just to have a laugh every monday morning so it's myself um we've got an aspiring young watercolor artist called jeff fader we've got a spatula and spoon artist called Mareko Marmasi, and myself a master laser smith craig lockwood of chop knives here every monday to answer your questions and to entertain how are you guys that was weird what was that all about? <laughs> Just mixing it up a bit, you know? Oh, okay. okay. Mixing it up. So, Jeff, Jeff Fader of Fader Knives, obviously. Mar- Tell us about your week. Well, it was. I'm tired. I'm, I'm super tired. I finished uh, the. Uh, I finished all these sandwich knives, and I got to be able to not deal with dust the first part of the week. No grinding, no sanding, no, no cuts, no abrasions, no dirt, no grime, no getting gunk out of my eyes. Nice. I got to wrap stuff up in paper. I got to, you know, carefully put everything together nicely, nicely, and finish these watercolors up and wrap them up and send them on their way. And they all went on their way. And, and uh, that was a fun little foray into uh, into uh, the end of the project. I didn't feel accomplished. <laughs> I didn't feel like it was a huge weight off. I was just glad no. to get them out the door. So... It was, no, I, no big party to celebrate the last well, one out. 
I actually, the funny thing was, well, I see, I keep, that's a verbal crutch I do, the funny thing was. The weird thing was, is that, you know, I started, we sent messages out to all the customers saying, if you change any addresses, let us know. Yes. And, um, and you know, we gave them plenty of time, and then one person said, oh, I, I saw that you sent it out, but you sent it to the wrong address. And I said, well, what address did you put on? She goes, well, I put the, it was the address that I put on. I was like, well, that's no the address problem. we sent it to. Yeah. And she's well, I guess it's my fault. I'm like, yeah, I guess it's your fault. You know, I, so it's, <laughs> it's so it's like it was this very strange. It was this very strange. Uh, it was weird. It was like it was like we took care of it, and and then there was another one where I had to like run back to the post office and grab it out of the box, and you know, people slip into your DMs, and then they give you different things to say, and it's just like the whole thing was exhausting, to be honest with you. Right. And then uh, when I was finished, I um, it was I was happy about it, and then. I had to, Thursday, I went right back to work. The shop was a disaster. I went right back to getting stuff ready for Christmas orders and, you know, back into the swing of things. So it was, uh, it was a haul. It was a long haul. Yeah. So, What's next? What's the next big sort of batch that you're going to Well, it's, it's, well, we, you know, we had a lot of conversations over here. And uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to just like, we're going to change, we're going to try to change the way we do things because what's happening is, is the custom stuff. I love the custom stuff because everything's a little bit different and I like to see that a little bit of difference every so often. Hmm. But the problem is, is like, it's just too many emails back and forth. And it's like, it's, it's, and then it's fooling around. There's, you know, who, what are the emails that are, you know, serious and what are not serious. And there's a lot of times where, you know, you didn't get back to me, you didn't get back to me. And then we get back to them and then they'll, they ghost us. I mean, that's that's the number the number one thing we get a lot of is people sending emails back, and then you know in our office we it's hard to remember who's who, and you know we're giving these answers and stuff like that, and then next thing you know, you know a couple of days have passed. You're seeking in my DMs. And they said, you know, you guys never responded to me, so I send them the message back to the office, and then they, and then they reach reach out to the person, and then they're like, yeah, every time that happens, they that's gone. They're gone. It's like mm-hmm. they want they want the world, and then they you know they don't. And they want it gonna, now, immediately. Well, that's a different situation. But so we're gonna we're gonna try to cut through. We're we're chewing through um, old orders and getting them out. And I'm really excited to get them out. And we're gonna we're gonna focus on a different way because we offer too. It's too it's too many emails. It's too many emails, and it's just like gunking up the works. And it's it's too much too much squeezing and not enough juice. So we get yeah. to we're gonna this after the new year. We're gonna kind of like. Well, actually, we're going, I'm going to go. I got a meeting this week, and we're going to kind of like talk about the new way we're going to be doing things. So we'll see what happens. Cool, cool. Uh, I'm in a similar situation where just finishing that batch. So I've just finished the camp knives, and I've done exactly like you did. So on, I think it was Thursday or Friday, I sent out. I always do this one more thing email where, as you just said, you know, just checking that the shipping hasn't changed, the addresses haven't changed. Um, so they're all going up, they're all packed up, ready to go up Monday. Um, not a single person has, has replied, so that's a little worrying. Um, but um, yeah, they're going up Monday. Um, but um, I, when I do a batch, I generally make up like an extra sort of 10% on the side just to make sure that, you know, whether something goes missing or whether something's at the last minute, you know, isn't perfect. I've always got something I can fall back on quickly. Right. Um, so I had, I had seven, I had seven extra camp knives, um, which I just... Um, emailed the people who'd already bought one to give them first, you know, refusal to their friends and so on. And they sold out like immediately Friday, so I was really happy with that. That's awesome. So there's nice. yeah, so fifty seven camp knives in the end, which I'm really happy with. All packed up, all ready to go tomorrow. So that's going to be a lovely trip to the post office tomorrow because she loves me there. Oh, you you get the donuts right? 
Oh, no, no. Dude, no. I saved my own ass by giving donuts to the to the, my post office. They know me, and one person said they got the you know the receipt that the uh, the package was in the mail, but that I had to get the wrong address. I ran over there. I, I told them the, they grabbed it right away. They knew exactly. I called ahead and they knew who I was. They remember me. They know who I was. They, I, I was able to grab something off the truck and it was, it was such wow. a huge relief. But, uh, you know, you, it's funny that you said, um, that you said, uh, you sent all these emails out and you haven't gotten any. We mm. sent the emails out. A person said you sent to the wrong address. And I said, well, did you get our email? She goes, oh, I didn't even look at the email. So prepare for that. Prepare yeah. for that. Well, yeah. I make a point in the email saying that if I don't hear from you, they're going out Monday anyway. So I give people four or five days. Right. And say, Doesn't you know, matter. There's, no, there's no change. There's no need to email me. So hopefully that just means everything's good. You know? This is the reason why it's, it's hard to do business like this because these people don't read or listen. Yeah. yeah. They don't. That's why it's so fucking hard. Let's, that's let's why not it's offend like, all of our customers, eh? I'm not gonna offend them. I'm just saying <laughs> this is the reason why we're ha- we ha- personally Fader Knives is to change the way it's just because it's like I have to we have to deal with nonsense. It's a lot of admin, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, thank God I don't have to do it. So I'm wondering now what my next big batch is going to be. So I'm not going to do launch any batches now until the new year. Um, sort of winding down a little bit for Christmas. I've got a few orders outstanding to get rid of. Um, and then playing around a bit, really, to see what my next batch is going to be. Um, leaning towards um, sort of powering knives, that kind of thing, maybe. Um, just because I, I wanted to do bread knives, but if you look on Instagram at the moment, everybody and their mother are doing serrated knives. Jesus everybody. Christ. So I'm like, maybe maybe hold off on those. Fucking A right they are. Fucking oh, A right. Jeez. It's like, it's like a, a trend fucking, in the like knife a, world. Jesus Christ. I got to get back into sculpture. This is some bullshit. <laughs> Um, what else have I this week? Um, so I put up a video um, on YouTube about packaging. I've had lots and lots of questions about the packaging that I use. So I just thought, let's just make a video. And I put that up, which shows the sort of various packaging I've used over the over the years and um, advantages, disadvantages, all that kind of thing. Um, what else? I spent, I spent about half a day trying to figure out Instagram the other day. Just trying to figure out this whole shopping thing, how you know some people are selling their products on Instagram and so on. Finally, managed to get it working, and I could I could put a product on, I could tag it, and people could buy directly with Instagram. So, like my box cutters, their permanent stocks, so they'll always be available. For example, um, and about an hour later, I got a message from Instagram saying this has been removed because uh, it's it's not uh, appropriate for Instagram. It's like, oh fuck's sake. So, yeah, so that was a fun half a day and pointless, really. Um, aye, aye, aye. Yeah, it's, 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 there's just no sort of rhyme or reason to it because one of my knives I can still sell. So I've still got that pink chef knife, which hasn't sold. And that you can you can buy that via Instagram. But like the box cutters, they were like, nope. And I made sure I didn't use the word knife or knives. You know, I'm just calling them box cutters. But they were like, no, you, you can't sell on Instagram. So... Maybe so that was a real pain. Um, that that's pretty much, exa- Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's maybe. not a bad idea at all. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. But um, it's it's just been one of those weeks. So lots of little things going on. Really, um, haven't really accomplished that much apart from all these camp knives being packed up, ready to go. That's pretty much it. Uh, Morocco, your week. How's it been? Yeah. Uh, this well, <laughs> I've been so discombobulated this morning, uh, struggling with getting my damn computer to work. I can barely think right now. 
uh when i first connected with you guys i was pretty heated <laughs> now i'm just like i've come down off of that like adrenaline high and i'm just like i can't think um Your and i apologize jump, that's a bad one yeah so um i apologize right now i might get disconnected again i've been struggling with connections and being able to log in all this stuff is stupid frustrating um but yeah like craig said i am a uh, amateur woodworker am uh whittler <laughs> of sorts no that's uh i've been working on these spoons the last week uh I, they've been cool they're fun it's definitely a, a nice change of pace although i probably won't do um you know like a large batch of 16 again because it's just a lot of time standing at the grinder um that that's been really hard on my back so i'll i'm gonna keep keep doing them but i'm probably gonna pull it back to like four or so at a time they um, look beautiful Thanks. Yeah. Well, and it's it's it has a lot to do with just the beauty, the figure in the wood. Yeah. It's this maple I get that's like a, it's musical or it's a instrument grade that are seconds from a guitar shop hmm. um, that does uh, whatever guitar building manufacturing, luthier work Luthiers. and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so, uh, yeah, so. I have this, I, I get it for a very good, good price. And so a lot of it is, um, has to just do with the time going into it. Uh, it was, it's been interesting though, uh, getting the feedback and posting up stories and trying to show like me doing the work and people telling me that I'm a cheater for using a grinder, uh, which is always really funny. Uh, I think Jeff said there should be a, a fine for every time somebody says you're a cheater. It's well, like, it's like, it's annoying. I mean, it's just like, I can't do things the way I want to do things. I mean, what, there's some sort of like rules the, and regulations. Come on, man. There's like, there's spatula for God's sakes. Yeah. There's uh, some virtue in doing it much slower, I guess. I don't know. I, I made a joke saying that you're right. I am cheating. I should be using my teeth and nails to take the, the wood away. Um, but Did no, you it's block going them good. immediately. Uh, I didn't block them. Actually, oh, wow. look at you! I, you're turning into a leaf. You matured no, in front of us. Yeah, no, very good. not at all. It's it's petty because I'm waiting for him to bite back. <laughs> <laughs> if I block if I block him, then I'm not gonna get that message. Oh yeah, you you're the old dangler. You're like that fish on the bottom of the ocean with that little light, and you just like Angler you know that fish, those yeah. Dis yeah, that's right. And you're just trying to get him to like peek in, and you're gonna bite him. Yeah, cruel. <laughs> no, so uh, I it's been, the spoons have been fun though. I have some ideas of how to uh, adjust my setup and using different grinding wheels uh, for, especially for carving the bowls and stuff like that. I've kind of been doing it using the edge of my uh, like my four inch contact wheel, and it's very tricky. It's a because it's such a sharp corner, such a huge. It's kind of a pain in the ass. Um, but I I think I've come up with some good ways to. Uh, to use different wheels. I'm not going to really get into that right now because I still have to explore that some more. Um, but anyways, the spoons are going good. Um, trying to think. Oh, still waiting on some calorie. Waiting to connect with that guy about buying his calorie. I guess I don't know if what his deal is. He he just doesn't like selling stuff. He's got a website. He's got a nice website, in fact. Maybe um, maybe the life <laughs> is getting in the way of something. Maybe he's, That's true. You know. Give people a benefit of the doubt. Look at you. Look at you! No, you're rubbing off on me. You're the you're the optimistic one. I'm the one that. I'm wants the to diplomat. Cut, it, cut, cut everybody. I'm off. the diplomat. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, all uh, it seems like it just in the last few months, all the the bearings on a lot of my uh, wheels have started going out all of a sudden. Um, 
and they're all about five, six years old. So if your bearings start going out, it's because they're probably about five or six years old. But one of them, uh, actually the contact wheel, the four inch contact wheel that I've been using to help carve the spoons, uh, sometimes it gets a little wobbly and the way I have it set up is that I can finger tighten it because I also want to be able to take it off and then adjust. I do, uh, like I, I throw it up on the top wheel and then I can use that as a, in a different position. Anyways, I went to grab it to tighten up just with my index finger, and my thumb, just like I always do. And it was screaming hot. It was probably like three, 400 degrees and it instantly like, like, Kind of you. You ever touch something and it kind of melts your skin a little bit and leaves yeah. an indentation. Yeah, immediately. It, yeah. 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 It did that exactly. And so now I have these f stupid blisters on my index finger and my thumb that are like in a spot where I always use. I'm always like holding or pinching <sighs> something or pushing on something with that part of my or hand. Grabbing something. Yeah. Exactly. So Gold. that sucked. Um, I don't know. Where, I can't right, really. Is your dominant hand or your non-dominant hand? Bones. My dominant hand. Uh. So. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything else. I've been, you know, all this, this struggling with getting connected this morning has been so frustrating. So right, why don't well. we just move on? I, that's all I got. That's all I got. At least. <laughs> Unless you guys got any questions, but. No, we're all good. Oh, we're all good. good. Cool. Um, I'm also pleased that, um, but th this whole lockdown situation has just got worse and worse in France. Uh, we've decided where we're going to break the law and we're, we're heading to the UK for France. My uh, Heading <laughs> to the UK for Christmas, sorry, um, oh. with the kids to stay with family and so on. So we're going to have 10 days in the, U in the UK over Christmas and we right. cannot wait. So we're just this week, we've just been super, super excited about everything and ordering lots of presents to arrive at family's house back in the UK. And so oh, it's all. So what's your good. schedule going to be? Like, I think we're going on the nineteenth, um, driving through through the night basically. So the babies they, they sleep well in the car. So to them they'll just wake up in the morning in a, in a new place again. So it's yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be lovely. Uh, we're Will you with my... get COVID tested before you go? Yes, yes. So um, I I did the antibody test like the week before last, and that was all good. But we're actually going to do a, a proper COVID test. Um, we still, we still got property in the UK, so we, we can technically go back. It's not fully illegal, but we're, you know, we're, we're residents here in France now, so we shouldn't be. Um, but the fact that we have got a property over there, we can, we, you know, we can show our documents so we, we can go back. Um, there's still sort of, you know, a lockdown in the UK, but it's not as bad as it is, is here in France. So it's going to feel like massive freedom for us. Right. It's going to be hard yeah, to get back in. France? Well, no, because then we'll we'll, then back. we'll just show our documents to say that mm. we're residents of France and we're coming back. So we can sort of play it both ways, really, and say we're residents in each. I'm sure the uh, immigration authorities aren't listening to to knife talk. So we should be good. <laughs> bring your but, uh, bring the results. Bring the results. The COVID oh, the results. test results. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. We will we'll take those with us as well. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, we're just we're just excited that we're. We're gonna have you know a pretty decent Christmas now, you know, with family and you know no normality, which we haven't had for so 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 long. So, so it's all good. Well, all I'll good. be living vicariously through you because mm. we're gonna be doing none of that. I've heard New York is getting very bad again. I've heard New York's not good, but the, the in in my situation, and I try to talk to people about this. In my situation, my wife is testing four to five people a day, mm. so her risk of exposure grows every single day. Yeah, yeah. So what we've done as a family is decided to kind of self quarantine. Like we're not, I mean, the only, the only thing I go, I go to the grocery store once a week and pretty much that's it. 
and then mm-hmm. I'll walk the dogs and, and I'm very, you know, we're very, very mindful of it. And it's, it's gotten bad in Westchester to the point where the schools are all virtual now. Other that's like four and change percent. New York's over 3%. So they closed down the schools in, in the city. But in my situation as, you know, the family of a frontline worker who's exposed every single day, we've taken it much differently than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, the weird thing is, is because you, ha- she, my wife can't even get it. Co- she, she, they don't COVID test her often. She needs to have, she needs to have symptoms in order for them to COVID test. And I mean, but that's just, just the way it is with these hospitals that they're just kind of like overwhelmed right now. It's yeah. New York isn't even as bad as like what's going on in the Midwest, but it's like, I've had to like, the hardest part is I've had to tell my mother. We just, we can't, we're not going to do Thanksgiving. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make her a big thing and we're going to make her like a gift basket and with food and stuff like that. And she's going to bring it to her. And, mm. you know, she said, well, can I, can I, can I quarantine with you? And I'm like, no, because I mean, my wife, well, number one, it's like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> I don't know what you think I'm going to do. Like, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, every single day my wife is, you know, yeah, potentially high risk, yeah. different people every day, sick people. You know, so what is your wife's thoughts on on the vaccine? We we don't want to get too deep into this, obviously, but this vaccine that we've heard of a lot about this week, um, this Fisker or Pfizer or whatever it's called, Pfizer. what's yeah. yeah Pfizer? That's the one. Well, I mean, your wife works in that field. Well, what's the thought? Is you know, it, the, the, the other deal? thing is, is once in a while we'll get a message saying, well, "What the fuck do you know?" I'm like, I'm not. I'm not some dude who reads an article on Facebook and tells you how it is. She actually has a master's degree from Columbia in epidemiology and public health. She's a double master's. So, like, we talk about it all the time. We're up at 4 o'clock in the morning kind of talking about it. I mean, she's going to – most likely they're going to have the vaccine for frontline workers beforehand, and then the general public will probably get it sometime in April. That's what – from what we understand. Right. I mean, she'll take it, you know, she's Mm. like, I'll probably be required to take it and I'll take it. You know, it's like, they're not going to like, you know, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, the real issue is, and we we can stop talking about this if you want to, but I mean, we talk a lot about it. I mean, it's just like every morning, it's almost like we're having like a briefing. (laughs) It's like four o'clock in the morning. She like (laughs) talk. It's crazy. It's really crazy. But the real thing is, is masks social distancing, the vaccine, but the real thing you need if, for us to get back to normal is rapid testing. Rapid testing so you can, you know, like basically a pregnancy test, you take it at home, and then if you're sick, you can self-quarantine. You're not like Shake walking off, around, yeah. un, you know, unknowing. I mean, that's really, I mean, I'm convinced that rapid testing is, and we don't talk about this anymore, but rapid testing is going to be what's going to allow us to kind of like get back to, you know, there's not going to be, you're going to kill the doubt. You're going to be able to yeah. know if you're sick or not. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chapel. Yes, Knife Talk and Even Heat. Go ahead to evenheat-kiln.com and have a look what they've got. It's the stuff that we all use. It's the best. The best furnaces out there. Okay, shall we do some questions? Hey, man, can I ask you a question? Let's get questionable. Uh, this is where... <laughs> <laughs> Let's get questionable. It sticks that. It's going to ring to it. <laughs> Let's get questionable. We've been questionable from day one. Yeah. Uh, this is the part of the show where you ask questions and we do our best to answer them. This is our chance, your chance to uh, kind of help drive the conversation and 
and maybe give us a laugh or pay us a very kind compliment. Jeff needs more of them. I know he loves those ones when he gets Oh, home. speaking of which. He goes fishing for them. Speaking, oh, yeah. I do not. Let, leave me alone. Speaking of which, now that we're here, we are going to do the third annual All Beef Review at the end of the year. All Beef Review. So start DMing your beefs that we can read. The, the last two years we've been doing a complete All Beef Review where you bitch and we read them all. And the last two have been the most fun I've had. So send your like beefs. Fest, DM festivus. your beefs. Yeah, right? well, yeah, from right, exactly. So, so DM your beefs to Knife Talk on Instagram. <laughs> Purge yourself right. of all those beefs ready for right. the new year. And if you've got them... Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. It is that easy. This first question is from BH Knife Co. It says, probably have, done, uh, probably have gone over this, but are there any other good alternatives to shim tempering to fix a warp without ruining the heat treat? Do you guys have other ways that you... So just, just so that this is the first time you're listening to Knife Talk, shim tempering is when... Somebody want to fill in the blank? Okay, you guys, so if you... the ones that do it. Yeah, once you've quenched, oh, if you, you get, if you get you a no slight... No, do you hear that? Did you hear that? That was awesome. That was, <laughs> yeah. I don't need shit to my shit straight from the get-go. <laughs> fucking good. So <laughs> if you get any sort of warp or bend or sort of banana shape in your blades, um, when you put them into temper, what you can do is um, sort of shim them. So if you clamp them to something straight, quite often that's not enough because they've got a bit of sort of elastic in it and they'll, they'll spring back to how they were so you need to sort of overcorrect by bending back the opposite way and you can do that by using a shim some people use a coin or wherever it may be so you can you can just give it an extra bend in the opposite way so when you release everything everything should be nice and straight you put it all so in the oven temper it with the clamps yeah on. yeah so you, you do a whole temper cycle then once it's cooled down release it and you, you should be straight um I, without sounding like Mareko just did, um, I, I'm not really getting anything that's that's not straight because um, I don't do any grinding uh, beforehand. So everything I do is going in completely flat without any angles at all. And that generally seems to work for me so everything comes out straight. But what I do when it comes to tempering, just in case there is something that isn't um, visible by the eye, um, I do clamp all my blades together in one big mass. So I'll temper sort of you know six seven eight blades all at once in one big mass and the fact that they're all clamped together they're perfectly straight that way anyway um but yeah I've, i i don't get to the point really where i needed to shim because i don't do any grinding beforehand so that's one way to sort of avoid that um what about you jeff well one most important trick about shim tempering is letting everything cool down in the clamps don't just pop them out pop them out hot you you want to like let them cool to room temperature clamped. I mean, I mean, the, the best thing to do is to, number one, to avoid warping is to obviously grind equally. The other is normalize and straighten while you're normalizing. As you're normalizing the three different cycles, you have an opportunity to kind of straighten things. And then, you know, when you're quenching in oil, you can pull them out, you know, pull it out after, you know, it gets down below a certain temperature and you can actually, it's the austenite still converting over to martensite. You still have a little room to kind of pull a warp out. The times I have had knives straight and then I kind of put them down on this, on a table or something. If the, if they're still warm and the table is cold and it has, it has the ability to suck some of that heat out at a kind of like welding, you know, welding, when you're welding, mm -hmm. as it cools, it shrinks. 
It's the same thing with the heat treat with the um if you put a piece of if you put a knife down on a hot knife on a cold plate, it's gonna pull that uh heat out on the knife on the cold side. So you just gotta be real careful. I I, I think shim tempering is bulletproof. I, I mean if you're in the weeds, I mean you know, just as long as you're not below you're not above your your original temper te- uh temperature. It's bulletproof and you don't have to do a full two hours, you know, forty five minutes. Forty five minutes does the trick too so um hmm. shim tempering is you know it doesn't i mean if you're as long as you're below the temperature tempering temperature i don't see why you wouldn't do anything else yeah sure. i've got a question for you guys actually regarding temperance so people do i mean i do two cycles um some people do three or whatever it may be and i don't know why because if we're taken to that temperature and then um you know it's held there for a certain amount of time you know so everything gets to that equilibrium of the same temperature. What's the benefit of doing that twice? Because you're not changing the temperature in any way. Any idea? Don't ask me. I don't me. know why I do it. It's just that I've seen other people do it, so I copy. Um, I don't know why. Any any idea, Morocco? Yeah. So I think the the what the way it's been explained to me um, is that after that first temper cycle, um, some some of the uh, I don't know. It, there's parts of the steel that kick over into untempered martensite so it's like mm-hmm. retained martens or austenite that kicks over in the tempering process or after the tempering process and so you want to go back in a second time at least um to then temper that martensite but the the amount of austenite that's kicking over is so small that you know a third temper cycle will help but it's you know, it's not going to be life or death if you don't go for a third temper cycle. I myself only go for a couple at two hours each. Um, gotcha. But that's why. And also, I get warps. I just don't use the shim temper. That's all. <laughs> that's go. why I said that. <laughs> there you go. So, so I, what do you, you do if you're not yeah, shim? How do you shim it? How do you straighten that? I very carefully go in with a torch and just kind of. I, I first I got so I do a lot of my heat treating uh with my steel um uh we'll see as, as forged sorry my brain totally died on me for a second there so I do my heat treating as forged so I, it's covered in scale so you got to do some cleanup work first and I do some of the grinding uh one so I can if I do go back in with a torch I can see what I'm actually doing instead of just blindly painting heat over a scale covered blade um but also there's there's a thing that happens when you uh when you have all that kind of decarb and scale on the outside of the knife and when you heat treat as forged is as you start to remove that it starts to uh create or i guess relieve tension uh, in the material and it will start to pull like if i'm doing heavy grinding on one side ripping all the scale off if I stop with just that one side and I look down the spine, it'll look like a goddamn banana. Um, so you got to make sure you also, you kind of grind evenly on both sides um, to remove that forge scale, or you'll get kind of a misreading of what kind of warpage you actually have. And so once you get through that, that's when I start kind of eyeballing things. And if I have a warp, that's when I go in to clean things up or to with my torch and uh i i hit it and i just bring it up to like a straw color you got to be very careful it's and it's just a hand torch um it's not like a an oxyacetylene or oxypropane like cutting torch or anything like that um and i kind of 
spot heat it and then i have like some soft jaws usually like just even a couple pieces of two by four um something i can jet dent uh, excuse me gently pry the blade in between i used to do it between like uh like metal jaws like in a post vice or something like that but the sharp corners of the of the post vice always kind of worried mm -hmm. me a little bit so yeah. i've started using just a couple pieces of wood um and yeah and, and you just pry it gently um, I've definitely broken blades in the past, though, but <laughs> um, that's not ideal. So gently, just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, and if you need to go back in with a little bit more heat, do that again. But um, for the most part, I, m most of my blades are coming out of heat treat pretty straight, and that's not too much of an issue. But when, I, when it is an issue, that's what I do. I, I just use a torch, and I go in and heat it up and pry on it a little bit and straightens it right out. There we go. Okay, we have another question from at knife, and he's on Instagram at at knife, which is a little bit confusing. Um, hey guys, I have a question for you. When I insert a carbon steel blade into ferric chloride, it doesn't always turn black, but sometimes it turns just like a, a dull grey. Um, and I'm always using the same type of steel. He says, "Thank you so much from Italy. Beautiful podcast. Ciao bellissimo." <laughs> Um, yeah, so his, his That's carbon steels, <laughs> is that balls to the face? Well, it's, apparently apparently it's wrong. My, uh, my cazzo de faccio does not, it means balls, it, it translates to balls of the face. Of the face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dickhead. I okay. like it anyway. <laughs> okay, so his carbon steel doesn't always go black. It sometimes goes a grey, and he's always using the same kind of steel. Um, any idea why this could be? Probably a good one for you, Mareko. Uh, my only... If he's using the same steel, um, it, it, if it's a different batch, um, it might, the chemistry might be just slightly different that will cause it to not etch the same. That's basically it. I mean, if you, like, if you know anything about knitting, if you're doing a whole sweater, you want to make sure if it's a certain color, like say it's a forest green, you want to make sure you buy enough skeins so that you can knit the whole damn sweater. Because if you're short and you got to go grab another one, it may say it's the same color, but it's probably from a different dye lot and it's not going to match. You're going to have one sleeve that's like a completely, like just this subtle different tone from the rest of it. So I think this, the same thing um, happens with steel. They have oh, most steels have a kind of a range in which all the different um like the carbon and the chrome or or the vanadium or anything else land inside of but it's not and until you get to like powdered metallurgy it isn't like super specific on the point uh different uh like the manganese content or anything like that that would help aid in the darkening of that steel and so sometimes like 1084 is actually a perfect example sometimes it has a low manganese content and you can actually like set a hormone in 1084 or sometimes it's high enough that you can't set a hormone and it etches way darker same thing with 1070 is 1075 it'll do the you know there that range just varies enough um by just even a few points that Sometimes it'll etch dark, and sometimes it'll etch gray. It's just that—that that would be my guess. It just comes from a different batch. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was wondering maybe yeah. temperature of the of the ferric chloride as well. Um, when I've used any sort of acids in the past, the the temperature has made a huge difference. So sure. maybe you know summer to winter is a, is a big difference for them as well. 
Yeah. And that, yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of things. So that, that definitely could be a factor. It could be like the quality of the acid at that time. Like some acids do get old, um, and they just don't etch it as effectively. Um, mm. yeah. So that's, okay, that's cool. what I would say. Sounds good. The next question comes from Logan Brown. Hey guys, love the show. Here's an odd question. Would it be possible to hook up a foot pedal to say a sewing machine, uh, foot pedal up to a VFD on your grinder? Ah, like a sewing machine. Like oh, a sewing right, machine. Okay. Hmm. I, that would be just something else to try and contend with, surely, trying to keep that speed the same. Mm. So d I'm assuming he means like a variable speed on the pedal. So like using like a like a wah wah pedal from a from a well, guitar sure. to ooh, that would be difficult to hold a speed. I would have thought. Um, I know I know some people put and I think you did, Jeff. You put a a, a foot switch on a um, on a grinder or something, but that, I think that was just on and off, wasn't it? It wasn't controlling speed. Right. I I was uh, Will Stelter was talk. We were talking with Will Stelter a year ago or something like that, and he was saying they put foot pedals on everything. And I know that owner Caglar has foot pedals on things, and I got a foot pedal for my drill press, which I love. Um, mm. But I would imagine you could put a foot pedal on a on um you know you can buy the foot pedals, and they're and it's just like an on off. It's an on off switch. So in regards to yeah, a VFD, it's, it's digital, yeah, yeah. A VFD, if you ha I can imagine you could probably go to you know figure out something, call up a welding supply store and see if you can hook up a, a TIG foot pedal to your grinder. But I think that they would be quite a production. I don't know, it doesn't sound like it would be something that would <laughs> yeah. be easy to do. I don't know if you necessarily would need it. I like the idea of, I know that um, when Don Nguyen uses a disc grinder, he always has his finger, he, he turns it on and off. And actually when I learned how to fabricate steel and we were feathering in grinds for like railings and stuff like that we were constantly turn using a switch on and off to kind of help feather in the feather in the um you know the splice hmm. so i can imagine that it would be helpful but i don't think it would be something that i mean i wouldn't really want to have a foot pedal on a you know on a grinder but i mean might be good might be who knows hmm. yeah. yeah i yeah, I'd struggle. I know I would. Okay, um, the next one is from uh, Jacob Dotson. Um, hey, guys, I've got a question. I've tried doing mirror finishes on, on knives, and they always have scratches on them after I buff. Just want to know how you go about doing your mirror, finish, mirror finishes. Uh, let the show. Thank you. Right. I think this is this is a big question for everybody. Everybody wants that perfect mirror finish, but they don't want to put the work in, unfortunately. <laughs> and it's a lot of work. So... Any tips and tricks? Maraca, where have you got mirror finishes? I don't do them. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the reason I don't do them is because this, like, you can get it perfectly buffed out, and even a paper towel can scuff it. Mm. Uh, and so you, like, it's it's a, a level of, well, one, I don't see it really. I, I understand the appeal, but I it doesn't seem very practical. Uh, and especially when it comes to Damascus, it's not uh, a very useful finish. I will say, yeah. uh, my buddy Zach, Zach Buchanan out of Eugene, Oregon, he does a lot of Loveless style knives, and he gets an incredible mirror polish on those knives. And he's going through various steps of like cork belts and all kinds of like Scotch Brite, and I don't know what the hell else he's doing. He actually did some mm -hmm. stories though the other day. 
I believe either Instagram posts, actual posts or stories, um, kind of going through his process of how he gets to a high finish. Um, and like, he's, he's going very like incremental steps, taking things all the way up to like 2,500, 3000 grit. So I think part of it is just, you gotta like jet, uh, like Craig was saying, you gotta, you gotta do your due diligence and just, you know, there's no jumping from 36 to 2000. That's for sure. What's uh, his you Instagram? Gotta hit, you got to hit. Uh, I think it's Buchanan Knives. Um, B, uh, I don't even know how to say it. B-U-C-H-A-N-O-N. I'll look it up while you guys, if you guys have any. Well, um, my last shop, we, we did a lot of mirror finish. And we also, we, they called it in the shop, they called it mirror. They were like, we have to make some mirror. And the problem is, is, it's a, we used to have to do it, luckily, with non-hardened steel. It was all stainless steel. The stainless steel sucked. We used to do it with, like, bronze, uh, brass, uh, aluminum sometimes. And we were using discs, uh, DA sanders, which are, like, palm sanders. And you just it's constant going up and up and up and up. And, and if you miss a grit and you do the mirror, you'll see those scratches. And it mm-hmm. is such a beast and i and i honestly th- exactly what Mareko said is it's the maintenance is impossible it's like you can't expect it to stay mirror um forever it's just too difficult it's it's not i i did a couple back in the day and it was like you could still see some hooks you know you can still mm. see some tight you know tiny tiny hooks and it was just like i'd rather have just like a nice simple satin finish that's easy to maintain yeah. And even fingerprints can be a, a, a nightmare with with mirror finishes, but um, they look great. They look great. I I got a, a, I wouldn't say it was a hundred percent mirror finish on the sustainable knives that I did a while back. Um, and my method for that was going up to two twenty on the grinder, then running through Scotch brights through you know the four different colors Scotch bright up to ultra fine, which I think translate to about four hundred. I think four hundred grit. Um, and then take it to the bench, then go back to 150 by hand. And that was the most important um, layer for me. So spend a lot of time making sure everything's going in, in that one direction. Keep going, keep going, and not back and forth. Bring it off, push it forward, bring it off, push it forward. Spend the majority of the time was with the 150. Hmm. Then go in, you know, 220. Um, it doesn't take much then. Once, once you've done the, the majority with the 150, 220. Um, I think I was then 320. 400 600 800 and this sounds like a lot but these are literally a couple of swipes but the, the, the higher you go up the less it takes um up to i think after 800 i was going 1200 then 2000 and literally the 2000 was 10 seconds of work just you know really lightly and that was a mirror finish you, know, you could you know you could shave in it if that's if that's your kind of thing um you could certainly you know see things uh, as you would with a mirror but it wasn't pin you know ultra sharp pin sharp ultra hd vision through this mirror it was you know slightly cloudy um but even that you know any any minor minor imperfection you'd see and as much as you know lifting up the paper and then taking it back as jeff just said with these little j hooks and so on so yeah but practicality wise you know they look great you know for show knives for example or you know for knives that aren't going to be used <laughs> Or for your pictures, trying to sell the knives, they they look great, but when it comes to you know, especially kitchen knives, using them in the kitchen with lots of grease and stuff around, they sure. they're not going to hold that finish much. Or even just general cleaning, yeah. If mm-hmm. unless you're 
basically going to put it in a case and not breathe on it, then you probably don't want a mirror finish on the knife. Uh, I pulled up Zach's Instagram. So it's Zach Buchanan Knives. Z-A-C-B-U-C-H-A-N-A-N Knives. So anybody driving, don't try typing that in right now. Um, (laughs) Bookmark that spot. Come back to it later. There we go. All right. This next one is from CN Knives. Uh, this is, hey, KTP, KTP, guys, another Kydex question. How do you prevent Kydex from scratching your blades? I noticed Jeff uses uh, lots of Kydex on, uh, on hand sanded blades, and I assume they don't get scratched. I've tried a few methods of cleaning out the inside with compressed air, hot water, pipe cleaners, etc., but I'm still getting light scratches on the steel. Any tips would be helpful. Keep up the great work. Dovetailed nicely into the mirror finish. Don't don't put your mirror finish in a Kydex. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think the tighter you get, the more you get scuffs. I kind of consider them more to be scuffs than big deep scratches. Um, I try to do a sat. That's one of the reasons why I like a satin finish because when I started doing the the Kydex, it was because I was making knives for people to work with. My price range is not like that. These are to be like you know, we were talking about the last one about, you know, sticking them in a case and not breathing on them. I mean, they're be, to be used. And I tend to feel that um, they're to be used. So I usually put some tape on the knives and I put the tape, I put tape on the knives when I'm, ki- when I'm doing the Kydex press to give them a little bit of room. And I don't really notice that much scratching. I actually was, when I was doing all the sandwich knives, I was kind of taking a look. I was putting them in and out, making sure that they fit right, and I wasn't noticing. I wasn't noticing a lot of scuffs. The other thing is, is you know, there's a there's a smooth side and a rough side with Kydex. I usually use the the smooth side, and I'm not really too concerned with minor scuffs. I've never gotten a deep scratch from mm. Kydex. Sometimes you'll get a little bit of scuffing, but nothing crazy. And I just, you know, it, for me, it's like I can't get tied up in in um, these minor d- tiny scuffs. This is these are. I want them to be used, and I don't really yeah. get too crazy. But I did send a really nice uh, Damascus. When I do Damascus, I get a little bit. I do put it. I try to figure it out a little bit to make sure I'm not like scuffing up the the coffee etch. Um, and then I sent a knife to a real nice knife to. Uh, and I didn't use Kydex. I, I wrapped it up and put it in um in a nice uh, padded bag because i was like i was worried about that too but i don't really generally do that that too much Mm. yeah and i've just finished a big batch now with with kydex and pretty much the same i put a bit of a tape on the blade when i'm forming the kydex which gives the tiny bit of wiggle room um but yeah i you know the knife should be harder than the kydex so anything you do get won't be a deep deep scratch but yeah, if you're going for those mirror finishes, it will it will affect oh, it in geez, some way. Louise, can you imagine the first one? How much? Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, if you're doing a mirror finish, you're going to want to make sure that you use good sandpaper to start with. Um, and we all use uh, Rhino Wet, Indasa Rhino Wet, the best sandpaper out there. They do everything from I think from 36 grit right up to sort of I think 1200 grit. I think Indasa could do. They do 36. It's, I don't think so. I think so. Really? They don't. I think they do. Mm. I think I've got some here. Dasa sure. 36? Send me I some. think so. I'll check. Send me I'll some. check. Jesus. 
<laughs> but uh, it's the best stuff. It's it's it lasts a long time. It's fast, and that's the main thing. If it's fast, it's saving you money. So go take a look at Texas Forest Supply because they stock it. And if you use Knife Talk Ten, you're gonna get ten percent off the order too. So go take a look. TexasFarriersupply.com. They do more than just Indasa um, sandpaper. They do lots of stuff for knife makers. Go take a look. TexasFarriersupply.com. And don't forget, make get your saving by using Knife Talk Ten. Nice. Um, have you guys seen like the felt or leather lined Kydex sheaths? You know how that's working. Yeah, I've heard about that, that's like flocking. It's, I think it's the flocking stuff, isn't it? And they, they line the inside. I haven't no. used it. No. I have no idea how I can that imagine works, if it, Yeah, I can I imagine, imagine that would it help. May, it would help, but maybe getting a bit sort of acky quite quickly. I always think shit. You, 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 cut, you catch one little bit and it pulls the whole fucking thing out. Not really mm. a lot of fixing. Mm, sure. And it's just surface for shit and gunk to get onto at a thought. You know, I don't know, but sure. I've never used it. I can't really, I can't really say. Quite a dilemma. Quite a dilemma. <laughs> Things that make you go, hmm. All right. Here's your dilemmas, guys. And then let's make sure we have plenty of time because I got a game. I got the cameo game all squared away for you. So if you have oh, the cameo game is great. P.S. I spent a lot of time since last week on the cameo game. We'll, we'll, we'll put that in a little bit later. But in the meantime, okay. if you have a dilemma, like a, basically it's I have a question. It does. You can make them up, too. You know, you don't have to. But then I pose these dilemmas to the guys and then we can around it doesn't have i mean i'm not calling the fbi to you know investigate whether this is true or not you can make some shit up it's fine by me um here's an anonymous dilemma so dm us at knife talk on instagram and that's where we get everything um about three months ago i was supposed to marry my fiance but due to the pandemic the wedding was canceled one day after my fiance decided to leave me and basically threw my whole life in the trash can oh this shit show almost made me quit my hobby and made me stop working uh, in the shop on any knife-related stuff whatsoever. Now, here's the question. Have you ever experienced something like this that made you almost quit your passion for knife-making? And if so, how did you pull yourself through? Now, here is the solution to what I had. I was totally, I'll be totally honest about it. I kept listening to you guys. Once I got my life back in order, you guys made me go back to the workshop, and I'm truly thankful for that. Keep up the informative and entertaining work. And thanks again. Saving lives once, one wow. podcast at a time. Motherfuckers. Oh, <laughs> wow. No, I've never had anything um, that traumatic happen, thankfully. Um, but yeah, there's been times when I think, well, you know, is, is this what I need? My, my biggest gripe, and I, and I say this every week, is shipping. I, I love I love making knives and I love, you know, speaking to customers when I need to. But it's it's the whole shipping thing. And that's my biggest gripe. And many a time I've said, it's just, this is impossible. How can I do what I do when I can't ship things out? And yeah, there's been many a time when I thought, I'm just, there's, I can't do, there's no point. I can't do this anymore because this is stopping me. Um, did the mail, yeah. did the mail person like break up with you or something? Because this doesn't sound like that. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think the question was: Has there been anything that that would make you stop doing what you're doing? Postal work broke I'm up not with you. I'm understand. not comparing not being able to send stuff out to you know breaking up you know <laughs> before the wedding, anything like that at all. But um, that's the only thing that that personally for me that that made me consider stopping what I'm doing, and that's just an ongoing battle. So it's just it always is. Right. What about you, Mareko? Anything that made you almost like cripple and stop it 
I mean, honestly, uh, I've I've definitely felt felt extremely stressed out by uh, my backlog of orders, uh, and I know I've talked to you guys privately about it before, but it, you know, I it, it's a blessing and a curse, and at times it feels like more of a curse than a blessing and it feels like I'm sitting at the bottom of the, uh, a well looking up at this speck of a light at the top where which would be like the end of the list and it just seems like it's impossible to get through it and you know I'm just I, I, I lo I'm losing kind of like that creative spark I guess like I'm doing kind of the same thing over and over or doing you know, the creative work that other people want to do instead of something I want to do. And, um, but I think the biggest thing I I've just had to, you know, <laughs> I mean, what am I going to do? I, I, I got nothing to fall back on. I have no like formal education or anything. You know, the, the last job I had before I started making knives was washing dishes in a bakery like seven years ago. So what the hell am I going to do? And my wife, <laughs> it's, it's great to have her keep me grounded because that's definitely something that comes up. She's like, what the fuck are you going to do? You're going to start washing dishes again? I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm definitely not going back to washing dishes. So I just, it's more than anything. I just got to, uh, I find, I got to figure out, I figure out a way to think more positively and be thankful for the position I'm in. Um, thankful to you guys to be able to talk to. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mean, it be so it's... great when you get Gosh. to the top of the well? It's gonna feel great. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not my, how my brain works. It's, I wish it fix did. Your brain. I wish that fix was. Your... I wish Dude, that's how it works. <laughs> that's the. There is nothing better than having to you know seeing that toil, and then being you like, love I'm that fucking gratification stuff. I like. I like marathons. I like hard work. I like putting in hard work and seeing it through to the end and feeling good towards the at the end. That's yeah. great. You're going to get it, but you're going to feel so good when it's over. Feel so mm -hmm. good. Yeah. And then it's, you that, know. Well, and that's, I, honestly, I mean, I should be thinking more in line of, you know, what's going to, what, what what will I be able to do? And and the kind of, yeah, the burden that's going to be lifting off my shoulders and how I'll be able to move forward and all that kind of stuff, yeah. So, I struggle chip, with chip, it. Chipping away. Every chip, couple it's going to be, honestly. <laughs> You gotta, you <laughs> I feel like just, fucking quitting. Don't quit. God damn it. It's like you, you got the fucking, you're the goddamn golden goose again. God damn you. You just got to start squirting out more eggs. <laughs> Sounds Squirted good. eggs. Come on. I tell you, uh, the worst thing that ever happened to me was, and I talked about it with uh, Leah, uh, Leah Arapach on the Full Blast podcast, was I had a, I had set, this, I'll, tell the, I'll tell the abbreviated story. If you listen to the latest episode, it was a pretty bad story, but I sent all this work out to this gallery who wanted to do, my, who wanted to do a show back in 97 or something. And then they sent it all back. And then they, I got called, I didn't know what to do. And they called me and I called them and they just berated me and said, you know, you shouldn't be an artist. And it was like... <laughs> The, the whole story is crazy, and I put it on. I, go listen to the Full Blast podcast. I'm not going to reiterate it, but it was so bad that my wife came back to the house after nursing school, and I was, like, lying in bed, and I was just, like, I wasn't crying, but I was just, like, this. it was the most disastrous thing you could have done. It was just, like, these people were saying, you shouldn't do what you're doing. You're doing, a, you, know, you're, you know, you're a fraud, and it was, like, I don't know how I got back to it. I don't honestly... I, I remember how miserable I was, and I remember the story was terrible, but I just, yeah, I had to keep going. You got to keep going. And, you know, 
I, I I think that toil is. I think that works. I believe that work. I think hard work cures everything. And then, you know, when my father died, going right back to work uh, was a bomb. It was a, it was something that kind of like helped me not think about things. And and sometimes you you're able to kind of not dwell and and be very uh you know looking at the details but looking at the bigger picture but it was mm. i think get out of your head a bit hard work yeah. is the best bomb in the world i believe it mm. it's because it's it's the physical it's the physical um answer to to being able to be uh disciplined and it's the it's you see the results and i think that there's something to be said about that i, I love the struggle found... you jeff what yeah you love the uh, struggle. Well, I, struggle. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't watch TV. I like to, I like to I'll work until I'm exhausted. It's great. Don't watch TV. Watches The Mandalorian. I do watch The Mandalorian. <laughs> I do watch The Mandalorian. <laughs> with that goddamn show. I'll tell you why I like that show, because you don't see any of their faces. <laughs> I like that they're all monster faces. <laughs> I, the ones when they have real people in it, it's just like, I hate the fucking real people. Show me the monster faces. I want to make sure that I want to see all of the people. I'll tell you something that's uh, that has helped helped me in the past with kind of being reinvigorated and re-inspired is uh, a podcast that I've mentioned before, but it's the How I Built This podcast. And I oh, think I like Craig's that. Yeah, to it before Diary, yes, yeah, yeah. And it's basically it's an hour-long story about how like the creators of uh, compact computers, or the inventor of Dyson, or or all the like Bob's Red Mill, all these companies that are really big and huge now. Um, but the struggles, like the real, real struggles that they've gone through and like Bob's Red Mill, like their whole fucking company, like the business burned to the ground, except for like their milling stones. And he built back up from that. And it's like, that's mm. like one of the worst things you can ever imagine happening would be your entire like livelihood burning to the fucking ground. And he just, probably has better wiring than I do <laughs> wiring more along like what, what, uh, Jeff's got. And it's just like, fuck it. Let's get back to it. Let's do this again. And so I'm not saying but that's a really there's good always podcast. Somebody, there's always somebody worse off than you, isn't it? I think that's sure. the thing. If you, if, if you look hard enough, there's going to be somebody who's suffering far worse. So, you know, that, that should spur you on maybe. And it's not easy. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, no. success is, I mean, no, no, it's no. hard work is you can't just like pick daisies and then think all of a sudden you're a florist you gotta fucking put it in <laughs> yeah unfortunately huh. right, good. do you have any more I things that make you go hmm uh here this one comes from jonathan's jonathan's hey guys i have a dilemma my next door neighbor keeps asking me to asking to use my tools and my shop when i'm not at home and i've caught him in the shop when i get home from work and it's an open air shop I'm in the process of closing it in, but I've made it very clear he's not welcome. I've threatened to call the cops, and he still doesn't get it. Holy what should shit. I do? <laughs> Motherfuckers, like, oh my god, coming onto his property and using his tools. Jeez, you got to have a word, haven't you? You got to say, "Whoa!" He you know, has had space. a word. It's a harsh Ooh, word. He's called the cops word. on him. He hasn't. He's Jeez. threatened to. Oh, he's threatened to. Okay. This dude's just like showing up and he's uninvited. He doesn't get it. Oh my God. I don't know what the hell you do with that. Yeah. You set up, you close it in, call the cops, <laughs> set up security cameras. Yeah. I don't know what the hell else you do. 
Do you know about those ring doorbells? Yeah. It's like yes. a, yeah. people are getting them more and more because I think a lot of it stems from people getting their packages stolen from their, from their, from their, uh, doors, from their doorsteps, yeah. like Amazon yeah. packages. I would set up one of those and just be like, look, I got you on camera here and I, I'm, you're not welcome here. And maybe you'd have to do something like that. But I mean, yeah, you got to close that shit up or you know what? You I can also, you can also talk back to them. So when you see them, so as he's approaching, you can say, Get the fuck away! Get away! You know? Get off my anvil, you motherfucker, you. Exactly. I yeah. used to worry with my tr- tire hammer if I thought at some point I should put some sort of lock on it because I was always afraid. I'm always afraid. I don't know. No one comes into my shop, and I'm always afraid like somebody's you know, kid's going to come by or something like that, or I'm not looking and they're going to push on a button or something like that and i've always thought maybe i should have some sort of like key switch or even like even at one point i thought i should just put a bike a bike lock on between the um on the hammer just so it can't be used and i've always thought that that might be something that i would probably try to do i i lock my my shop up i lock my shop i get crazy about locking my shop up because Mm. you know obviously you don't want stuff stolen but i don't like it when people stop by uh, but but if people were stopping by and coming into my shop and I asked them not to and they kept doing it, I'd be pissed. Actually, if I told this funny story um, years ago and it was a really, it was really bad. I had a friend who in my shop in Greenpoint, we would have the, it was almost like, it wasn't a communal space, but I mean, he could walk in and he would, we'd play darts and he'd come in and he'd play darts whenever he wanted to. And I'd be like, look, I'm, I'm trying to work here. And he didn't, it just didn't, he would just come in and you hear, and he'd throw him so hard and you hear him thwack, thwack, thwack. And it was so, it was just annoying. So I welded a, uh, a plowshare onto a hinge and I locked it. So it was like this giant nipple that went, that would covered the dartboard. As in when he came in, he was furious with me. How dare you do this to me? And it was, it ended our relationship really. He didn't think it was funny at all. It was basically like me putting a giant bike lock on the dart, on the dartboard. Um, mm. But it was like, dude, we asked you a million times and this is what we had to do. So. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think you're right. Have some way so we can't actually use your machines because that's just out of order, out of order. And you know, if if he got access to the stuff, you know, who else does? You know, as you said, somebody could come in, you know, kids or something. So, yeah, secure your stuff better, maybe. And well, a lot it's... of people would probably say, go get a baseball bat and give them a tune-up. But I, I'm against, I'm against violent confrontation. <laughs> I'm not, don't yeah. do that. Don't well, brand this... a shit. Don't fucking, you know. Well, we live in such a sue-happy society. I've heard of lawsuits where people uh, have successfully sued somebody else for getting hurt on their like so say his weird ass neighbor who's coming over if he happens to get hurt on his property or, or using a tool that he's uh, a quote unquote borrowed without asking then mm. like I've I've heard of successful lawsuits yeah. as crazy as that fucking sounds uh where you know yeah people are held responsible for other some idiots poor choice and honestly like illegal choice he's and of course, the guy would say, "Oh, we're neighbors, we're friends. Why wouldn't he let me come over?" And <sighs> fuck that. Yeah, yeah. lock Put everything it... up as soon as you can. Put cameras on it. No trespassing sure other... signs. Yeah, make sure all the other neighbors are on your side, knowing that that guy's a fucking idiot. But god damn it, yeah. that that would be a terrible situation. Hundred dollars of your belts. He's just like using on some like crappy piece of scrap. He just 
dagger into your belts and stuff. You're like, oh, you don't need that. But what you could do to save money... Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! So if your neighbor's using your belts, the least you could do is get 15% off new ones by using Knife Talk 15 at CombatAbrasives.com. That was a stretch, but it was a good stretch. And speaking of stretches, the last dilemma, or I got a few more, but we could do whatever you want. The la- uh, this is a dilemma from our friend Tom Moss. Things that make you go, hmm. Tom Moss uh, sent us a message, a very popular question about Coco Bolo and his penis. Um, Tom Moss has a dilemma. He says, the inquiry, inquiries, inquiries into my penis, as well as asking for photos, have been quite disturbing. <laughs> oh, my God. So should I use the money I've raised for a hammer or a press? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Coco Cock on fansonly.com. <laughs> Tom's got a good sense of humor. Tom has got a he good has. sense of humor. He so has. basically a couple episodes ago, he said he used Coco Bolo. He grabbed his wiener and then he had a big swollen icky wiener. And then now everybody's sending messages wanting to see your penis. So <laughs> the dilemma is <laughs> what should he buy a power hammer or, or a press with his wiener money? With his wiener money. Yeah. <laughs> I think Brilliant. I would get a press. <laughs> well, I if you got a hammer, you could, could use the hammer to smash up some more cocoa bolo and sell, you know, and sell the dust. That's right. Which is, which you know, which is like crack to some people. Yeah. Obviously. Well, I mean, so, if he keeps using that cocoa bolo, he's already got a hammer, so probably a press is. Yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's got the hammer. The dick of Thor. Good one. <laughs> yeah, Tom, you don't need that hammer. You got the hammer. Good one, man. That was a good one. Shall we go back to a couple more questions? Ooh. We've got so many. Here. Actually, you know what? what? I have one last dilemma that's really good. I want to. It came in late. In a, one last dilemma. Uh, this go one comes it. from American Wastelander, James Fleming. Great guy. Great guy. He says, "I was at a. Um, I made a show knife for the Blade Show, which didn't happen, and the knife was expensive. It, it was mosaic Damascus, mammoth ivory bark." Uh, wrought iron S guard, 14 karat gold braze on the guard, um, and the handle. And a guy had hit me up before Blade Show trying to snag it. I told him a price, um, and that I would be taking it to Blade Show with me because it was my show knife, and that was my deal. He said, "All right, good luck selling it." So after Blade Show was canceled, I sent out uh, sent it out to uh, Francesca at to Wilburn Forge Leather to make a sheath and had uh, professional pictures taken by Sharp by Coop. This dude hits me up um, after the post and after getting back back from the leather and the pictures. And when I tell him the price, which now reflects the cost of the sheath, he freaked out. He told me it's poor business practice to increase my price just a few months later. I told him that the new price reflects the cost of the sheath and then he told me that he's not a bullshitter and that I charge too much for my knives. Then oh asked me if I thought my work was as good as Aaron Wilburn's and I think uh, I should charge as, and I, if I think I should charge as much as him. I told him um, that's what he thinks about my prices and my work isn't... Uh, I, th- I thought... Uh, my bad, hold on a second. I told him that what he thinks about my prices and my work isn't any of his business and then I blocked him. How would you handle a situation like this? 
exactly the same way. Yeah. Exactly the same. Way. This guy, he hasn't bought anything from you at this point. How is he to tell you how to run your business? And, you know, he doesn't know the costs involved for yourself. That You know, just because two people make knives, you can't really compare the cost and the quality. I mean, as an example, there's going to be plenty of people selling knives more expensive than yours, Jeff. That doesn't mean to say their quality is better just because they're selling it for more. Everybody has different overheads and different ways of doing things so they could take more time or whatever it may be. There's... that. There is, a, you know, there is a correlation between time and cost, but it's not always, it's not definite each time. So, for somebody who doesn't know what he's talking about to tell you you're charging too much, he he can take a hike. It's nothing to do with him. That's very kind of you to say take a hike because I think he can go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I just don't understand why. I I think that. I think you've. I think that James. I he actually went and looked at the, the. The you can go on to American Wastelander and you can see what the knife and it's exquisite. It's a shitty knife. To be fair, it's a shitty. I'm joking. It's I'm an exquisite knife. Shitty. I mean, it's, it's a great a, knife. Jesus Christ! Let me give a freaking. I'm joking. What the fuck's the matter with you? You, you the guy? You the guy who called him up and gave him Fritz? You motherfucker! You. No, it's a beautiful fucking knife. I mean, it's ex, it's it exquisite. And I yeah. went back and forth with him, and he said, you know, he kind of talked about how much he was into it, and it was just like. It was a hurtful thing. And the problem is, is I think that we all give these people too much air. There's no reason to explain yourself to these people. It didn't work. And that's it. There's no need to go any farther. I think we go back and forth trying to convince people with emails and texts and DMs. And we're trying to one-up each other or teach somebody. And it's not worth it. The guy is gone. It's gone. And then when I say he's gone, it's like he's now a zombie. He's he's too far gone. He wants to now. He wants to belittle you, and it's like yeah, you're you're you don't need to you know you did the right thing. I would have just been like, all right, well, sorry, that's the way it is, and I wouldn't have even responded. The move is to not respond and leave them on. As my daughter would say, it's called leaving someone unread, and it's basically like you're too you're too insignificant for me to deal with. So and that's (laughs) the end of it. I don't I don't block people. I block. I blocked the guys from Wizarzabard that send me DMs saying, uh, hey, dear miss, can I, you want to buy my knife? That's what I like. Mm. Dear miss, would you like to buy one of my knives? Uh, I blocked them, but I mean, that's it. I, I think that people, you know, I just leave it alone. I, I try not to make a big production about it. But I, it fucking yeah. sucks. That's what it does. It sucks. Yeah. Nobody should tell you how to run your business. You're, you're, you're the man. You're in charge of your own destiny. Don't let them get in your head. I like that comparison. You know, comparison kind of makes me want to talk about cameo, but you know, whatever you guys want to do, go for it. Go for it. So, um, last week we were talking about the the app cameo, and I might have been i I listened back to the last episode, and I was very unkind to someone who I looked up to, and I was I was enthralled with as a young man. I love Samantha Fox, and I went a little bit hard in the paint. <laughs> Enthralled with. I was enthralled. Dude, I was, I was like, yeah, she was like one of my first. Susanna Hoffs from the Bengals, Samantha Hoff, uh, Samantha, Samantha Fox. Those were my, those are the two, and Kathy Ireland. That was about it for me. So I apologize because I, 
I didn't realize. And thank you. Listen. Thank you, you Craig. Good. She doesn't listen. She doesn't listen, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean I shouldn't have been, I shouldn't have been so grotesque. And P.S. Thanks, Craig, for warning me that she you could have said something. I didn't realize that she had such a horrible life. Her father was such an asshole and she was taken yeah. advantage of for, for such a young age. And I, I felt very guilty about that. So thank you. Um, but speaking of I think the last thing we we're talking about is, with the comparisons is Cameo is now cameo's fucking crazy and and these these poor not poor anything these fucking mental patients will charge you a certain amount of money and then you can get them to send you a message um so what i thought we could play a game is we could either do two things and you can play it i'm not gonna score we're just gonna you know talk through it basically it's who's worth more (laughs) who's charging more right who's charging more who's charging more and i got a list of them I'm not um, going to know half of these. I know for a fact. You're. I went. I spent a lot of time. I think you're probably going to know who these people are. Um, okay. The first one's going. It's so you're going to go higher, lower, or the same. So who's okay. higher, who's lower, or are maybe they're the, they're the same. So the first one is. You might not know this. Why you know this one? Gary Busey. You know Gary Busey. Mm-hmm. Craig. Yes. The, yes. Craig. Yeah. Gary Busey no. and Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen was a. He's. A, an actor who's on a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies. He's the guy in uh, in with the dark hair. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Who's who's who do you think which is, charges which isn't more? Which is died. I'm sure. I'm sure it's not died. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> who do you think charges more, Gary Busey or Michael Madsen? Gary Busey, Madsen. Gary Busey, but Gary Busey's three fifty, and Michael Madsen's three hundred. Um, so Samantha Fox, you're a bargain, and, and and I love you, and I love you, and I love you, and I'm I'm sorry for everything I ever said. Fucking, you have no idea. So I don't know if you guys ever watched the show Entourage. No, ever I know the show? Of it. I've never seen it. All right, so it, Kevin yeah. Dillon, Kevin Dillon is Matt Dillon's brother, and Jeremy okay. Jeremy Piven, Piven, Jeremy Piven, and Matt Kevin Dillon. Who's more expensive, Kevin Dillon say- or Jeremy Piven? Kevin Dillon, because I've never heard of the other guy. You never heard of, Ke- of Jeremy Piven? No, huh. no. Oh. What do you think, Bracco? Uh, Dillon. Okay. Jeremy Piven charges four hundred dollars, and Kevin Dillon charges three hundred dollars. But here's one of the things I really wanted to talk about with Jeremy Piven, and this is like I read some of the reviews, and some of the reviews are hilarious. So Jeremy Piven plays this this um. He has bad reviews, <laughs> like Yelp reviews, because he plays a character called Ari Gold, who's this like, I guess he's a, you know, a, a Hollywood guy. And all these people asked him to be Ari Gold in their messages, uh, and he refused. They want him to be in character. He refused. Okay. So there's all these reviews saying, we wrote this script, and you wouldn't do the script, and, and he just, he's, it's the, you can almost tell, like, he resents the fact that he's doing this. <laughs> You know, he's probably got a manager, hasn't he? Saying, "Get on there, everybody's doing it, dude." Yeah, it's. I think that these people. I, I, this is like. I think this is going to go away at some point because half the people you know you've never even heard of. All right, so you guys mm. both watch The Office, right? Yes, American yes, Office. It. So yeah. Toby or Stanley, <laughs> who charges oh. more, Toby or Stanley? I'm not going to give you their real names because no one knows. But I'm Toby say Stanley charges more stanley because he's yeah i'd say stanley sure stanley toby toby charges three hundred and fifty dollars and stanley charges three hundred dollars it's unbelievable all right jan 
and Oscar. Jan is the former girlfriend of who's the the, yeah. uh, the main character. What's Michael? His, Michael. Yeah. yeah. So Jan versus Oscar. Oh, who charges more? Jan. Hmm. I'll go Oscar because I don't think Jan was in that many. She was. Well, Oscar's been throughout the the whole show. Oscar's Oscar charges one hundred and seventy five dollars, and Jan charges two hundred and ninety nine dollars. What? Oh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. All right. Next one is uh, Kevin, the character Kevin, <laughs> versus Todd Packer. You know Todd Packer? <laughs> yeah. Todd Packer. He's got Kevin, the. Surely. <laughs> what? It's got to be Kevin worth more, surely. You guys, what do you think, Brick? I think Kevin too. You guys are terrible at this. Todd Packer charges two twenty-five, and Kevin charges only one hundred seventy-five dollars. It's still too much. It's still too much. It's all still too much. All right, here's a tough one. Here's a tough one. Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens, oh. and Andrew Dice Clay. Who charges Who's more? That? I don't know that. You don't know who Andrew Dice Clay Who's is? That? Oh, no. You have banana juice. Oh, I'm over here now. You don't know him from the eighties, no. the nineties? <laughs> do that again, please. I'm over here now. <laughs> you don't fucking know Andrew Dice Clay, one of the most no. popular no. comedians of the eighties and the nineties. Oh, you know that? You don't know the fucking guy? <laughs> no, means nothing to right. me. Well, no. clearly, <laughs> I, I'll go with I'll go with uh, Pee Wee. I'll go with Dice. Dice charges two ninety nine, and Pee Wee Herman is a bargain at two hundred and fifty dollars. It's so crazy. <laughs> All right, a couple more, and then we'll be done with it. Lee Majors, you know who Lee Majors is the Fall Guy. Yes, Fall Guy, right? Six million dollar man, and Elijah Woods, who was the Hobbit. Ah, so we're gonna yeah. go head to head with the Lee Majors, six million dollar man, and Elijah Woods. I'd say Elijah Wood because he, he's still current. He's still, right. you know, he's still fresh. I would say Elijah Wood also, but he you wasn't, guys are he not was, good at this. He was a Hobbit, not the Hobbit. What was? Wait, what was? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He was Frodo. Who was the Hobbit? It was the it was it was the uh, guy from the Sherlock Holmes. What's his name? He's always flipping off the camera. Elijah Wood was in all the Fellowship of the Ring movies. Or Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, it was a the guy actor. from the right. guy from the Office. He was the hot Tim. Tim from the Office. He was he was the Hobbit, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. All right. So well, Am you're I both right? wrong. So <laughs> Lee Majors <laughs> charges two hundred ninety nine dollars, and Elijah Woods a measly two hundred seventy five dollars. Wow. I'm going to give you a last oh, couple ones, and then we'll be done with it. You don't see—I don't think you guys like this. So who's? <laughs> it's not—it's not going well. I'll be All honest. right. Well, okay. So Don Johnson and David Hasselhoff. Oh, Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff is less because he'll do anything for money. Literally anything for money. <laughs> um, you... He lives He lives in the same village now as as, as my family back in the UK, hmm. by the way. Um, yeah. How much so do you think he charges? Don... Oh, $200. They both charge $500. Oh, what? Boy. They'll charge... And, and you know, it's... It, and the, and um, the funny thing is, is that uh, I got a message from Jeremy Spake. And a friend of his is a band, and what they did was, and this is, if you knife makers, this is what you should do. They bought all these cameos and then strung them together and made a YouTube video about their video. So he he had them all talk about their 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 song, and it's strung together all the. And David Hasselhoff is talking about it, and they're all he's strung together all these cameos to nice. make. Uh, yeah, 
I, I, I was wondering that. I was thinking maybe we can get some for the show. Then I was thinking, would they do it for like, sort of commercial purposes because they can earn 10, 20 grand for voiceover and an ad? So why would they do it on Cameo for $200? You know? I, I don't know. I, I, I think that that, hmm. I think that if you're a knife maker, I think the move is to buy yourself somebody saying talking about you and then you just put it together and then that's your that's your fucking thing even if it was just on social media mm. you know yeah. um but i but it's weird to see like over here at the moment we got like massive big like hollywood superstars doing like the shittest little adverts so there's like a bread company they make sliced literally sliced bread and they've got like robert de niro doing the advert and it's just like how <laughs> the, how is that happening and we've got like just eat who are like a food delivery thing and they've got like snoop dogg singing on this ad and he's dressed up and, and you're like how much are they paying these people it's crazy for these I don't know. I don't understand. There used to be a big thing in Japan where they would get A-list actors like Brad Pitt and mm. all these guys to do it. And it was because their main market would never see it. So they were getting paid a pile ah. to do these Japanese commercials. They wouldn't ah. necessarily do them in the United States, but if they do them abroad. It's not watering down their stock kind right. of thing. Yeah. Right. Right, right. Ah. But that you know but Yeah, Robert De Niro does a really shit advert for sliced bread over here. It is it's crazy. Do you know who Eddie Furlong is? No. He was the no. kid in Terminator Two. You know the kid who said oh, okay, Hustle, the Beast yeah. the Baby? He's on Cameo and he says he wrote in his he says in this thing, I'm on Cameo so you can give me money. You don't give a fuck. <laughs> Like, Give me money. <laughs> I need your money. He's in the dire straits. And I, so I'll just run down a few. What do you think? Um, what do you think Richard Dreyfus charges? You know, from Jaws and uh, what yeah. you call it. The he's, he's got a perfect voice, hasn't he? Didn't yeah. he do the the voice in the Wonder Years? I think he did. Uh, yes, I think he, I think you're right. Good, good, good. Yeah, one. good one, good one. What do you think? I'd he charges? say a lot because that's quite a, a good voice. I'd 200. say. Six hundred dollars. Nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. Holy Oosh. smoke, Mister Hard Dick goodness. Van Dyke from fucking Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> On your bike, Mary Poppins. Oi, oi, Is that what Mary he said? Poppins. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think that motherfucker charges? Dick Van Dyke. Um, You're gonna be stunned. I, I'm gonna go high. I'm gonna go, go twelve hundred. Oh. Twelve hundred dollars. Crazy. One hundred. He doesn't need the a thousand dollars. He is like close. He's going for broke. Yeah. Uh, Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure if he was still alive. Chuck Norris, three hundred dollars. Dolph Lundgren, wow. three hundred fifty dollars. I will break you. <laughs> Didn't go over as well as I thought it was going to go, guys. No, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> well, you guys didn't fucking get into it. How about The Undertaker? You know about The Undertaker? The wrestler. Yeah, yes. $1,000. Um, wow. Who's paying him that? Right, people are paying. People are paying. Greg Brady from The Brady Bunch, 140 bucks. Norm from Cheers, 125 bucks. Norm. Oh, there's one I'd go for. Norm, yeah. you go for Cliffy. Norm, you pay 125 bucks. I'd go for Cliff because he's got the better voice. Yeah, eh. that's that true. Eh. Terrible. I feel these. This is gonna have to stop at some point. Is Ted dancing on there? Uh, I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't go too deep. There were so many. I was surprised at how many people I didn't know. And then mm. I was looking at like you know Pete Rose from the from the uh, from the Reds was 150 bucks, and you know. I, I just it was I, I it fascinates me because it's like, you know, all of a sudden now you're starting to think about like 
is he worth it? Is he not worth it? I like hmm. that Jeremy Pivens just like obviously hates. He doesn't want to do yeah. his character. You know, it's just like people are bitching about it on you. You, we wrote you this big script and you didn't do it, and we would like you to do it again. And this was really not what we wanted, and you refused, and you said it was a fictional character, and it's like hilarious. It's a weird thing because let's say you get a message from some third-rate celebrity right. for your birthday or whatever. How'd you like to be called a like, third-rate celebrity? P.S. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like they're not your friend, you know. But it's like, well, what are you trying to prove by having this message from this person? They're not your friend. They don't know you from Adam. They just literally did it for the money. It's a weird. Corey Feldman, two hundred and two dollars. Ah, crazy. These people are crazy. Let's move on. All right, fine. Let's move fine. on. Fine. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? <sighs> Where were we in this massive list we got? I'll just read off. I'll just read off every so often. I'll read off people's prices. Okay, I got <laughs> okay. one from Sam okay. Goff or Goff. Okay, sorry, Sam. If I screw that up, screw that up. It says, "Good day, Craig Marek Mareko." Yeah, and Mr. F- Fader. <laughs> He's he spelled it more echo. Anyways, recently my grandfather gave me a hundred pound Peter Wright anvil that he found in a hidden blacksmith shop on his ranch. Um. I have gotten all the rust off with a wire wheel and and took a, a little off the face with a, a flap disc to make it smooth. But the edges are really beat up and are missing large chunks in uh, some spots. I have an arc welder, so could I fix it? Um, but it really is a piece of history, and I don't know if I should. So what should I do? So it sounds like he needs his anvil fixed up. Mm. Looks like a, yeah. Yeah, I I got nothing. I I wouldn't have a clue. Wouldn't have a clue. Well, you got to be careful. It's not just like grabbing your MIG welder and just kind of like right. letting loose. There's you can get. I'm under the impression you can get certain electrodes for an arc welder that will be close, um, and then you preheat the. I mean, Cliff and John fixed my Peter Wright. Uh, no, my um, my Peter Wright, my fucking Fisher, um, and they had to heat the steel up and heat the heat the horn up and then using special electrodes that matched and, I, and they also told me to fucking stay off that wherever they put the put the weld on it like <laughs> just stay the fuck off that don't fucking break it off on me so it wasn't as like you know you can do it but I mean you you, you gotta be real careful and talk to people who actually know how to do it properly otherwise yeah. you're gonna fuck it all up for sure yeah anvil resurfacing is definitely a thing but yeah you can't just like uh, Jeff said you can't just start shooting MIG at it. You like if you don't heat it up, it's the 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 anvil's so large it's gonna instantaneously like quench the material as you're putting it on. It's gonna be brittle, so there's there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but and I don't I don't know how much anvil resurfacing services cost, but um, if you go over to Texas Ferry Supply, they got some sweet anvils. You just get yourself a, a new one and use that one as a uh, as a historical piece conversation piece in the corner of your shop <laughs> no yeah um or just use on. yeah yeah use yeah or just use parts of the anvil that aren't as messed up i have a peter right and some of the corners are pretty messed up and i just avoid those parts of the anvil cool cool okay i've just looked down the list i can see one here from uh timo um Savilkos, i think 
Um, so, sounds Greek to me. Uh, yeah, I think it's Timo Savelkos. Um, hey, cuties. I was wondering if you have some tips for making better photographs of knives. I tend to get the angle wrong, so the knife looks weird and out of proportion. And he says, thanks anyway, and keep up the awesome stuff. Uh, photography of our knives, I think it's really important because for most of us, that's the biggest way of, of selling stuff. We're not selling sort of face-to-face, -face, uh, particularly not at the moment anyway. We're generally selling, you know, via, via the website or via pictures on Instagram or whatever it may be, or emailing pictures off to customers. So better photographs any tips Morocco? Any, anything from you um you know i i think taking uh as nice of photos as you possibly can that's not necessarily the composition but like the quality of the camera that's taking the photos is some smartphones have gotten to the point i mean i have an iphone 5 and it takes pretty decent photos um so starting there um it, it is a, a big jump I think what is it there's Lightroom is an app that you can use for photo editing I think yeah both one on of your the Adobe products Lightroom yeah. yeah uh I think it's for free I can't remember if it's free or not um but you can use that for editing photos um and making them look nice I I actually have I have an older version of Photoshop I don't really use it that much anymore um but I used to use it to make like composite photos kind of like along the lines of what like Jim Cooper does and and Caleb Royer mm. with their photography, but I've gotten away from that. Um, I don't know. I I agree though. Like quality photographs make a huge difference in the presentation. I think one thing I got away from is trying to capture it all in one photo. It's just not going to happen. And so yeah. at least a few like three or four shots showing some highlighting some of the details. Um, something I think I've said before on the podcast is, you know, you want to try to, you know, people are holding their phone in their hand most likely and looking at your work, especially through Instagram. So try to create a similar uh, experience. It's never going to be the same, but a similar experience to as if they were actually holding that thing. So get, get in and get some of the details that you're really proud of or that you think are very interesting. I like zooming in and getting close-ups of like the bolster area where the blade transitions out of the bolster and out into the blade and how the pattern is really tight in the bolster and then it opens up and flows down into the blade and like little, little details like that that you wouldn't normally see from a full overall knife photograph. Um, mm. If you capture some of those details, it, I think it really helps give that pe person a, or especially a potential customer a better... Uh, idea of what they're actually looking at and could possibly help sell the knife a little better than just an, a single overall photograph yeah yeah i think it's all about light um most people's you know phones now if they've got a camera on unless you've got like a 15 year old nokia they're gonna they're gonna do a good enough job as long as you use light correctly so you know if you're in a dark and dusty shop or you've got those fluorescent tubes everywhere and the light is bad you're probably going to have a bad picture. So if that's the mm. case, go next to a, a window maybe. You know, it, uh, window light is always good. Even outdoors, if it's not... If, it, if it's the sun is blasting down, it can be really hard, especially with a knife because it's obviously a reflective surface. Yeah. Um, but maybe, you know, you can do little things, like take a piece of just copy paper and put that over the light so it'll just diffuse the sun a little bit and you can get some nice images that way. Um, but it, But it's all about light and... What I, personally, what I try to do with my pictures is have a certain style to my picture. So I'd like people to see the picture and, and, and it sort of fits my feed, if that makes any sense. It sort of matches the website. It's this sort of very sort of simplistic style. And if people, are particularly 
Inst- we always talk about Instagram, but you know, for us, this it's quite a major vehicle for selling knives. I think standing out in a feed is quite important. So if you if you can develop a specific style, I think people are more likely maybe to stop or, or recognize your work at a glance. Um, so yeah, try and try and develop a style, but yeah, it's all about lighting, and you don't need expensive equipment at all. I said you can do it outdoors, maybe you know, diffuse the light in some way um, and get creative. Speaking of which, what have we got Jeff? I got, I got, I don't. You know what I hate is when the when you're you get the blue on the knife from the sky. That's it. Always, I, mm. I hate the hell out of that. I, I got you guys. Whatever you guys are saying, it's great. I like natural light. In terms of photography, I get a lot of messages wondering in your video, uh, Craig, about um, your recent video about packaging. Apparently, you mm. had one fingernail painted. Oh, fuck yes. I got a few messages. Oh, gee, What's yeah. going on with Craig's fingernail? <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, yes. uh, Kyle Daly was like, who he's, he's now, I don't know if he's still doing his podcast or not, but he apparently, he's been sending us a lot of messages about, you know, go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom and talking to people in the bathroom and stuff like that. And now he wants to know what was on your finger and why it was only one finger. Yeah. I've got twin daughters. Mm-hmm. They're young and they're into getting their fingers painted at the moment and, you know, Papa needs to have a finger done. So I did, and I didn't realize till halfway through shooting this video, and there's like a number of cuts, you know, there's a number of sort of scenes in it. And halfway through, I was just, oh fuck, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going back to the beginning and doing them all again. So it's, it's just one little okay. finger. It's I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with my masculinity. I'm, I'm quite I'm, happy. I am too secure with my sexuality. Thank you very much. Speaking <laughs> of fingers, there was a famous pitcher name. <laughs> Speaking of fingers, there's a famous picture. Pitcher called his name is Raleigh Fingers. He was my favorite pitcher because he had this uh, very great mustache with, uh, you know, it was like twirled mustache. He was known for his mustache. How much do you think he hmm. charges on on cameo? Raleigh Fingers. <laughs> Never heard of it. I'd say hundred. Exactly on the nose. Look at you, Mister oh. Pinky. You're the real Raleigh Fingers. <laughs> Good job, Mister Fingers. Fucking Raleigh Fingers. Uh, what other questions we got? Anyone? Um, we got we got loads here, like literally loads. Corby Wood and Metal asks, "Hey there, you cute bastards! I finally got a one-car garage to work out of after three years of dreaming about making whatever I want. It's unfinished and the insulation is exposed, but I've tested, uh, which is I've tested is extremely flammable." I'm planning on covering everything up with drywall and sheetrock, but I'm not. St- but I'm still concerned about burning my house down. Do you have any experience or advice with fireproofing a shop from scratch? I will be using a welder and a two by seventy two and a lot of uh, sparks. Just wanted to make sure I'm not missing a simple step. Thanks for everything, guys. Michael, how do you fireproof? What do you? What's some fireproofing That's suggestions, guys? Fire extinguishers. All over the place. All over yeah. the place. And those fire blankets as well that you can pull down quickly. Well, the building that I'm in, uh, we actually have a deal with, and this is, I always used to think this was some poor shit, but uh, this this fire extinguisher company comes by once a year and retags everything. So mm-hmm. I have, I think, five fire extinguishers. I had to provide them, but these dudes show up every week, and they, you know, they show up once a year, like towards Christmas, and they're just like changing the tags. And I'm like, are you checking these things, or what are we paying you for? And um, I have fire extinguishers everywhere, and I also make sure I do like a walkthrough before I leave. Like anything, like even my ovens, I just make sure every. I don't leave the shop. 
Uh, I leave. I spend some time uh, when I turn the forge off to make sure I'm not leaving anything. Because my my biggest fear is that I've I've, I've left something. Actually, this past week, I ran back to the shop in the middle of the night because I thought I left a heater on. Um, I'm very worried about that. I I really don't want that to happen. Hmm. Electrical fires, I'm always scared about. So I make sure everything's unplugged all the time. And because particularly in this house where it's, it's ancient, the, the electrics were put in a long time ago. Um, yeah, always worried about electrical fires. But prevention, um, I, I don't do anything and I know I should. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing that most people worry about is uh, collecting, you know, dust collection. And, you know, you see some people using the same the same system as they use for you know wooden dust as they would for grinding dust which is obviously you know hot sparks going into wood shavings and wood dust is is never good so obviously be careful there um but with regards to you know cladding walls and anything i i haven't and i'm interested in in your guys response to this because obviously i've got a new shop and i'll be doing that from the ground up and you know safety should be should be first um i've seen people put up what is it i knew this one guy who had this like what looked like um some, they almost look like reflective like insulative blankets that you like you might see as an emergency blanket but it was like this this fireproofing uh surface i don't know what to call it it's like a it, it was yeah i don't know what the hell to call it, it it's just it was like metallic and kind of like almost like a corrugated cardboard almost but it wasn't cardboard it was a synthetic material um but he had his entire shop it looked like he was pr- trying to protect his brain from the aliens or something like that it was, a, it was just kind of a mean thing to say because he was a nice guy i just i'd never seen this stuff anywhere before um i think but i think just using common sense and, and making sure you uh keep your shop pretty clean will go a really really long way because anywhere where any kind of garbage builds Mm -hmm. up or sawdust builds up or even steel dust builds up steel dust can catch fire i've seen it catch fire um you you want to make sure that you're taking care of those things having fire extinguishers around are uh, super handy making sure everything's covered up that's unnecessarily or extra flammable like the insulation putting sheetrock on it should help just fine um Oh, there was something else I had just had in mind. Those metal know, rag cans. Yeah, I have, metal rag I have cans. a few of those cans that have oh. like, it's like a, it's for your rags. I think rags are a big one because some yeah. oils are, mm. some some of those oils are. They just combust. Combust. Yeah. yeah. So I have a couple of those and I, I, I try to, I try to empty them every Friday so I can get them to the, to the garbage. Um. And I try to I try to unload as much garbage as possible, and I always get nervous. Also, I used to I used to just throw cardboard in one area, and I really now I've gotten to the point where I really try to make it uh, take up as much paper and stuff off the ground as I can. But I always yeah. walk through the shop a few times um, before I leave because I that is something, and I would I would definitely you know if you're get that get rid of that insulation, you don't want to be breathing that stuff anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Here in the States, too, we also have these outlet, like they're uh, these safety outlets. They're not perfect, but they have these kind of like little plastic covers right behind the slots where the plug goes in that helps mm, prevent yeah. dust from getting in. Um, so that if you have concerns about electrical mm-hmm. and stuff like that, then that, those will definitely help um, keep dust out. I don't know. That's about all I got, though. Okay, cool. Um, I've just found a good one, actually, here from Baltic Blades. 
question to Mr. Fader. I've heard from AA Forge and on the Art of Craftsmanship podcast, which is on the Makery Network, that Kydex sheaths eat up and wear down wooden scales. So he puts my carter on the first section of the scales. And he says, have you noticed anything like this or found a way to prevent it? He said, maybe with a looser fit. Um, so yeah, you know, getting wooden handles in and out of a Kydex sheath, he's worried about that wearing down. Um, have you guys come across that? And if so, what do you do to relieve that? When I put the, I don't, I haven't really noticed it that much. Um, I haven't really noticed it that much. I, I think that uh, some of the woods that I use are also on the harder side. Um, and I also, when I do the, uh, the, I guess the, the, the point that would definitely hit would probably be right in the transition between the handle and the bolster, that kind of edge. Yeah. I haven't really noticed it. Um, I can imagine it would probably just that bumping all the time, but I don't, I mean, it's not like, I haven't changed the way I make knives to suit how it fits in the Kydex. Yeah. I, I also yeah. see, for me, I, the funny thing, if I could have done leather, if I was a leather guy, I'd make all leather. If I enjoyed leather, if I knew how to do it, if I even cared to do it, I would do it. I see the Kydex for me as I roll it into the price. And if people want to go get yourself another something else, um, you can get something else. I, I just want to kind of create value. I did back in the day, I did have, actually Kyle Daly used to make my leather for me. Um, when he wasn't in the bathroom talking to other people, I guess he was making some leather <laughs> sheaths for me. Right, Kyle? Don't, don't DM Possibly me, Possibly whilst in don't the bathroom. Do, don't yeah. DM me, dude. Just like, let, let, let it go. Just take a laugh and let it go. Um, and it was great. He did a great job. But it was, it was, it was a production because it was like, I wanted to be able to do everything, and um, the Kydex allowed me to, and, I, and it's cheap enough that I don't, I'm not charged. I'm rolling into the price, and I just I see it as in like a good be- way to do it without. I mean, they would look better in leather. Everything would look better in leather, but I just it's not something I can do. Um, so I kind of like use it as a good starting point. Some of them they look awesome. Some of them the Kydex looks awesome, and they're to me they're much more. You know, for cooks and stuff like that, or bringing knives in their in their bags and stuff, or using them, I haven't I haven't heard that they they bump up on the on. I, don't, I haven't heard that they wear away the wood. Mm. Sure. I, I quite like the idea of that though. Over time, this sort of almost like a patina developing on the handle, and you know how you use the handle. It's you know it's like an old pair of jeans. You want it to <laughs> look at you, sort of fit the user a bit more. Early you know, fingers in his worn in jeans. Yep. Jeff, you never painted any of your fingernails with your daughter? <sighs> I'm trying to think. You know what? I never really got... No, I don't think so. I don't think so. You such a man. No, I, I t- a man. I, listen, <laughs> trust me. I got enough femininity in me that I'm not too worried about it, but I haven't done... I have No, the answer is no. I haven't done that. Okay. Or right, if I have, I don't Miss remember. But my hands... Missing nobody wants to see... My family doesn't want to see my fingernails and my hands. My hands are awful. So it's like, <laughs> That's why would they want to see... Why am I just like, you know... Uh, nothing to write home about. What have you guys got? Any more questions there? I tell you what, whilst Mareko looks down the list for uh, the next question, because there's loads there, Jeff, tell me all about <clears> your grinder. Oh, Broadbeck Ironworks 2x72 grinder made by Vince and, Ro- and Ryan. They're beautiful. Um, it's a very versatile, uh, it's a very, very versatile, um, piece of equipment. Um, 
they're long. They, all the attachments are really helpful and they're great. And actually, uh, Mareko said in the past that you can actually, if you don't have, uh, if you don't want to buy the chassis, you can actually just buy the buy the buy the arms and stuff. They're it's a great price, and you can actually use them on a lot of different styles of, of grinders. Um, you don't need a wrench to change them. Um, I actually had a message from. Um, message from Vince that they're working on a, a flat rate deal to that you can send that they're going to work with Canada international shipping to Canada it's like 350 uh-huh. bucks and then they'll, you'll be able to ship it they'll be able to ship to Canada so uh, if you go to broadbackironworks.com put in knife talk 10 um, they're going to give you 10% off and they're doing a they're doing a Black Friday sale so go over to today today starts today Monday? Yep. All right. They yep. get over there because it's not going to last long. They, I like the fact they do a lot of stuff for um, a lot of sales for holiday sales and stuff like that. Uh, I wanted to send them, uh, just read a message off. I got a really great uh, message about Broadbeck from Austin Booth. That's um, Delta Blade Works. And he just wrote to say, I'm definitely getting a Broadbeck. I'm in a wheelchair and I had concerns about being able to reach everything on the grinder. And Ryan video chatted me uh, to show me the machine and the dimensions of the work rest. These guys rocks. Thanks for sending me their way. I tell you what, Ryan and, and Vince are so personable. And if you have questions, you can reach them and they, they, they want to help you. And they're not going to like, you know, give you the, you know, slap and tickle, try to get you to do whatever it takes to get you the thing. They're going to be, they're super, super helpful. And they, they are in the knife making community and they want to help knife makers, but not just knife makers. If you're in, if you're in any type of fabrication, this is a super, super versatile uh, grinder. When I was just, I could imagine when I was doing just regular fabrication, uh, I would be putting that two by 72 grinder on the side and I'd be using the work rest Mm. so I could, you know, you know, do fittings and stuff like that. It's a, it is a super, super versatile piece of, equi- of equipment. And these guys are really, really great. So broadbackironworks.com, knife talk 10, 10% off. And you're now go check out what they're doing. I think they have a bigger sale for Black Friday. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mareka, what have you got question wise? Yeah. I got this one here from uh, Brotherhood Knives. It says, just purchased a billet of Damascus from a maker. It's been surface ground on the top and bottom, but the edges are still covered in forge scale. When laying out blades, are there any concerns I should have about the edges of the material? Trying to use as much of it as possible. So it sounds like he he basically still has the live raw edges of the billet uh, to to play with. What do you guys think? There are concerns. <laughs> What are you talking about? Why are you asking me? I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm still on, Same here. I want to talk about Bo and Luke Duke and what they charge on uh, Cameo. <laughs> Let's hear it. What do they charge? Daisy you know Duke. about Bo and Luke Duke? I don't mean to... to, yeah. to Duke's to, a hazard. Yeah. Luke the good old is boys. The, the Tom Wopat charges $150. That's Luke. And John Schneider, that's Bo, charges $300. Twice as much. Wow. wow. Fucking wow. guys. Go ahead. Back to the, your, your Damascus. <laughs> Yeah, so we leave this one to you, Mariah. Yeah, I have no idea. So, uh, decarb is a concern uh, at the edge of any Damascus billet. Um, I think I actually do think it's cool that he left that on there just for room of air because otherwise, yeah, I think other people might just grind that right off and you might lose upwards of like maybe an eighth of an inch. Decarb layers usually 
maybe a maximum of like 20 thousandths of an inch. So you don't want to be right at the edge, but if you even just pull it back like a 32nd of an inch, that's plenty to make sure that you're in good steel. Um, so that that's, would be my advice. Stay about a 32nd of an inch uh, away from the edge, which is about 30 thousandths of an inch, um, and you'll be good to go. Cool. Cool. Half a millimeter, I've, by the I've way. I've just looked down the list. I've got a good one here. Tim Taylor Blake. Um, hey, guys, love the show. I've always leaned more towards blacksmithing rather than knife making, but I finally took the plunge and bought a 2 by 72 Woohoo! Any tips for practicing with it? And this is the bit I'm interested in. Belt storage. Um, how do you store your belts? Um, he, he also says he's got a wooden shop floor. Should he cover the area around the grinder with something fire resistant? Thank you. So he's just got his first 2x72. He wants to know where does he put his belts and is it a fire risk around it with a wooden floor? Uh, it's probably a little bit higher of a fire risk than concrete, for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, a little higher. But <laughs> but I think like we were talking about before, um, they just do a good job keeping things clean. What to cover it with, though? only thing I could think of is like maybe like horse, like rubber horse mat. Have you you can get that at like a like a farm supply mm. store. You can get them in four by eight sheets, and it's not too crazy of an ex, of an expense. Uh, but that would give you a good amount of space to work with. If you could cover it with metal or something like that, lot something a lot less flammable, that'd probably be ideal. Yeah, I mean, I use just like gym mats sure. on the floor. You know, with that little bit of Who's foam, gym? and <laughs> Jim will fix it. But um, it it never. You know, it never melts or anything, so I, I think you'll be all right. Um, you know, if you've got lots of oil around and that kind of stuff, obviously be careful. Look, you know, where those sparks are flying, be very careful. But with regards to the floor, you should you should be okay. I think so. But the bit I'm interested in, he asked about um, belt storage, and this is just a nightmare for me because I've got belts everywhere. Um, have you guys got a system for storing belts? Not this. Um, mine's not super basic. I have... Uh railroad spikes actually that i forged out flat and bent at an angle drilled a couple holes so they're they're belt hooks now um but mm. instead of just hanging the belts straight onto the the steel um i have basically like spent uh packaging tape rolls or or or, or yeah the cardboard from the inside of the packaging tape which is about three mm. inches in diameter and that way especially on the 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 um the J flex belts, the more flexible belts. I don't know. There's, there's something, I don't like it being bent at a sharp radius. Yeah. For some reason yeah. I feel like that's uh, harder on the belt than it needs to be. And so I put those little rounds on there and, um, and that gives the belts a nice round radius to fold around. But otherwise when I'm, I, I wish I had a better system for uh, belts that aren't completely dead, but can't go right back on the rack of fresh belts. Um, I need to figure out a good system because mm. right now I just hang them on any any kind of surface I can hang them on, other than the fresh belt. Yeah, and uh, it's just a mess. <laughs> my problem is is I because I can't get anything locally here. Everything needs to be sort of shipped in. So when I do, I order you know big batches because otherwise you're paying shipping and you know because they they can be quite heavy belts as well. So I generally have you know loads delivered at once and then you know i need you know a million and one hooks because 
I try not to put too many belts on one because, you know, the weight on it, and he said they can lose its shape and so on. And it, I haven't seen anybody have a good solution for storing belts. Um, I, was, I was wondering at one point whether to have, like, drawers so under my work uh, counter, have, like, you know, long, flat drawers and stick them in that way. But again, it would just take up so much room. I, I don't know. I, if anybody does have a good solution for storing your belts, um, send us some pictures to the Knife Talk uh, account. It'd be yeah. good to see. We're, we're looking forward to seeing your belt storage pictures. I, I really oh, you am. Are? I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I just have hooks. I have extra hooks for new and used. So whatever belts I use, there'd be two of them, and then I can I can immediately spot which ones are which. One thing about some belts, some belt companies, like I have, uh, or some belt manufacturers, of course, my I usually use, I mean, I know, I always use uh, combat. But some, combat but sometimes the JFX, JFlex belts cup, um, and that mm. drives me crazy, because if I'm, you know, if I'm sharpening or something like that, I want to make sure that they're not cupping in the um, slack because that will fuck everything up so I like very conscious of that I, I'd love to figure out a way to like you know store them almost tent almost in tension like basically what Mareko was saying but then actually have like a, 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 a cardboard piece on the bottom just kind of holding them all so they don't you know the J-Flex belts they, they kind of roll or they move around a little bit hmm. um but in regards to underneath, I my first shop was my well not my first shop my my home shop was a shed and I put I had all this galvanized sheeting I just happened to have it and I put galvanized sheeting all over the floor and that kind of stopped uh, and then I put like a kind of a wainscot of galvanized sheeting around the wall so I had a very it was almost like a bathtub of sheet metal so <laughs> sure. so I, so I mean I was because I, I was afraid I didn't want to I didn't want to uh, I, I didn't want to start a fire, but the funny thing was underneath um, my shed, it's like it's like the movie The Fantastic Mr. Fox. I have so many weird animals living under under the shed, and they all move around. And all every different every type of the year, you see something else coming out of there. It's like it's like The Fantastic Mr. Fox. There's there's a woodchuck one time, and then there's some rabbits, and then there's a skunk, and then there's some you know m- you know mice, and it's a it's like a it's like a you know stupid comic book underneath the thing but when i was putting down the the sheet metal i wanted to i wanted that look where you it looked like it was like a side of a battleship so there was like nails every you know four or five inches or something like that and all of a sudden i heard this little kind of like i smelled this kind of puff and it was like a skunk and he was just giving me the old you know not could knock it off you (laughs) he gave me like a warning (laughs) you're being too loud and um, so, I don't know where I was going with that, but it was not a, he was not happy. Cool story, bro. Yeah, fuck you. I mean, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Sorry, Rolly. I, I, I don't know where I was going with this. I'm sorry. Just kidding. Jeez, okay, cute. we're getting close to the end. Let's do something a little bit different. These are a few of my favorite things. Favorite thing that's happened to you this week? What's put a big, big smile on your face? Let's go out with some positivity. Uh, Morocco. What's made you happy this week? Uh, let's see. Oh, well, we got our proof for the calendar. We got everything worked out for that, and uh, I, I'm happy to say that. I mean, it's it's available for pre-order right now. Um, 
but we got i'm just happy that we got all any kind of like weird kinks worked out with it like the, i think when we got the proof the uh where they were going to drill the hole was going to go through every single one of the pictures, which just completely oh, defeats the purpose <laughs> of the calendar. Because um, uh. the idea is that you can cut those out and hang them up around the shop as like kind of inspiration or whatever. And uh, and so we made all, all the little last adjustments, and so now it's ready to rock and roll. Um, and that is making me very happy to get that done. And so if anybody wants one, you can go check it out on my website. Or I think I have a link in my bio too on Instagram. But I'm there's looking good. I've got a lot of good makers on the on this year. And I'm excited to get it to people. Awesome. These are a few of my favorite things. Um, I'll go next while, while Jeff's still thinking. Um we spent a bit of time in the woods today with the kids uh today this week rather um again breaking the law but just going crazy in the house with four walls so yeah taking the kids out to the woods and um one of my daughters have got this crazy um fascination with trees to the point where she was hugging this tree and she wouldn't leave i, I put a video up on my <laughs> so instagram cute. actually She's hugging this tree, and I'm like, "Come on, Lee, come on, we need to go home now." And she just wouldn't let go of this tree. And she's she's kissing it, and she's yeah. So that just made me. Re- and I've watched that video probably a million times now, and each time it makes me smile. So yeah. Well, the moss is so fluffy things. and fuzzy. It's probably like exactly. a stuffed animal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it wasn't just that tree; it was every tree on the way around. She was, she loves it. It's yeah, makes me smile. These are a few of my favorite things. I don't know. We tried our hardest. I mean, I mean, I'm looking forward to what happened this week. I got, I got, I got, I like, I felt good on Friday when I'd gotten back into working and I did a lot of heat treating and I was able to kind of send a couple knives out uh, fast and I'm, I got a lot to do, but I, I felt very in control on the end of Friday. I was in a good mood and I got myself a bottle of whiskey and I went home and I had some laughs with my family and we cooked some good food. And I, I just, I felt like it was a very good end of the week. Like I celebrated sending everything out on a Friday. What did you cook? Um, I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh. I don't remember. But I did fog again yesterday, Jeez. and uh, we're that's now a fate. That's not now on the so on the good. menu. So we're excited about making that after Thanksgiving because with that turkey carcass, we usually do like a, I usually do some some kind of soup or something like that. But I mean, you know, hmm. we made all sorts of stuff. I, the food's been good. The food's been good. That I've gained some weight. I've I've realized that I've gained some weight. The food <laughs> has been too good during pandemic. Um, <sighs> Much more plant based yeah, than, than you'd imagine, and, and actually been making a lot of really good vegetarian meals. So happy about it. I could use it. I could use something. To eat. I could use a piece of steak, but you know, I could hear my mm. stomach rumbling. I wouldn't mind a piece of steak right now. But you know, I've been eating so bad for the. Well, no, I wouldn't say so bad, but just so much for the last months. Well, for months and months on end, I've put on so much weight. But it's it's winter weight. It, it'll 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 go again in the spring. No, I'm sure. I don't think so. <laughs> That's what I'm telling I don't myself. Think so. so hey, we still have to do. We still have to. I'm now the champion of the knife talk cook along. I might have to bring you guys back before some some point. I I'm still I still owe you all one. Possibly, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm up and for it. When it gets colder, anytime, anytime. Yep. Outdoor pizzas, maybe. <sighs> yeah, to get pizza again. Um, before we leave, <laughs> once again, guys. We're going to do the all-beef review 
Uh, that's when you, the listener, sends us the things that you're you're bitching and moaning about. We'll read them and laugh. And it was something we did three uh, three Christmases ago. It's the end of the year. Start off the year on a new a new thing. You can bitch about whatever you want. And if they're you know, we'll read them off. So DM us your beefs, yeah. and then in the caption, write uh, for the all beef review, just so I can you know isolate them. And then we'll I'll start compiling them now. And then the last show of the year, we'll do. Uh, I'll be for you. Cool. Sounds like a plan. Right. Thank you all very much for listening. Um, we shall speak to you next week. Bye for now. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.